You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Philippians 1, we're going to start reading in verse number 1, but before I do, I want to mention that the book of Philippians was written by who? The Apostle Paul, right? And so we have the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the Philippian church, the church that is uh, there at Philippi. And the Apostle Paul, at this moment in time, he's writing from prison. He's writing from prison, probably in Rome. But I want to say that the Apostle Paul is one of my favorite characters. And why why is that? Why, Why can we look at the Apostle Paul's life and say, wow, that's amazing. He's, he's an amazing individual. We can say it because looking at his past and what he's done, and regardless of that, uh, we understand he was a murderer. He was the one that was uh, taking Christians and throwing them into prison. But regardless of that, Jesus uh, showed up to him, and, and he accepted Christ as his Savior, and his life was forever changed there on the road to Damascus. And so we have here that regardless of his past, God used him to proclaim the gospel, to plant churches, and be imprisoned for Christ's sake. He was the one doing the imprisoning, but now he's on the other side of the coin. He's being imprisoned, but it was for Christ's sake, and he was glad to do it. Regardless also of his present situation, which right now, regardless of his present situation in jail, in in the prison house, because of his preaching of Jesus Christ, he still chose joy. And the theme of Philippians, as we read through just the, the first chapter, and not all of it, but just bits and pieces of it, you'll see a recurring theme. You'll see the theme of joy in the midst of adversity. That's the, the theme for Philippians. And Paul, who's in prison, encouraging the church at Philippi, telling them, hey, I'm joyful. You encourage me. I'm glad I can be in prison for Christ's sake because it's amazing what God will do even through that kind of situation. And church at Philippi, I just want you to know that I want you to have joy as well. Don't worry about me. I'm doing just fine. And so we're going to read here in Philippians chapter 1. The Bible says this. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making request with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Could I say, this does not sound like an individual who's in prison. (laughs) This, This man, the Apostle Paul, it's amazing how he can have the source of joy coming straight from Jesus Christ, and because he has that joy, it doesn't matter his situation. It doesn't matter where he's at. As a matter of fact, not only is he encouraged and and to have the joy inside of him, but he's spilling the joy out to the church at Philippi. He's saying, hey, I'm confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Go ahead and skip down a little bit to verse 12. The Bible says, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the, let's repeat this phrase or say it together, here it is, the furtherance of the gospel. 
so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places, and many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. The Apostle Paul says, hey, I know I'm in prison, but hey, it's for the furtherance of the gospel. Did you know that because I am in prison, because I am a prisoner right now writing a letter to you at, uh, at the church in Philippi, did you know that because of my imprisonment, I've been able to be a witness in the palace? I've been able to go to high places, things I never would have even fathomed or imagined or, or tried to devise a way into these kind of places, but yet because of my bonds, I'm able to go preach in the palace. I'm able to be a witness to those that are in authority. And then he says, hey, in other places as well. And not only that, but it's encouraging the brothers. It's encouraging the brethren that, that those can wax confident, that they, they can know and have boldness that even though I'm in my bonds, they can preach the gospel with a more bold attitude. And so I'm thankful for my bonds, the Apostle Paul says. I also believe that here, the, the city of Philippi, it's, it's amazing, uh, they, they called it, um, or fashioned it after Rome. It was just a, a little Rome, so to speak. It was named after Philip of Macedon, or the, the nation or the kingdom of Macedonia. That was Alexander the Great's father, if uh, any of you like history. But what happened at Philippi, I believe, the result of the church at Philippi was basically it was in obedience to the Macedonian call that we find in Acts 16. What happened in Philippi uh, following the conversion of Lydia, who was a slave girl who was possessed, and her masters were able to make a profit because of, of what she was possessed with, but now she gets saved, and, and it's amazing, that conversion. And then right after that, as a result, uh, the Apostle Paul, he was thrown into jail, but then the jailer, the Philippian jailer, got saved. And it's amazing the revival that sparked there at Philippi and, and that began the church there at Philippi. No doubt it was a result of Paul obeying the Macedonian vision. The Apostle Paul, as he's introducing himself and, and uh, encouraging the church there, he's saying, hey, just keep on doing what you're doing. I've heard of, of what's happening, and you guys are on fire. You have, you have a zeal for the Lord, a passion for the Lord. You're, you're excited what the Lord is doing in your midst, and I just want to encourage you to keep on. And that is coming from a man who's currently in prison. It, it amazes me. But as we get into the scripture tonight, and, and it's more of a Bible study uh, type of uh, format tonight, but I see some, some phrases that I want to point out to you in scripture. The first one that we find... And this, you could say this is a long introduction or part, half part of the message. But number one, I see here in verse number five, the Bible says, For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. We find that phrase, fellowship in the gospel. What does that mean? Well, the fellowship is a mutual association of persons on equal and friendly terms. He tells the church there, hey, Philippian church, I just want, to, want you to know that I see your fellowship in the gospel. There's something that's uniting you, and what is that? Well, it's, it's Jesus. And you know what unites a church like us? It's Jesus. You know what we have in common? No matter how different we can be, uh, different personalities, different backgrounds, it doesn't matter. We all have one thing in common, and that is Jesus. And so the Apostle Paul is encouraging this church here as I see that first phrase of fellowship in the gospel. 
he sees it from the first day until now, and he's saying, hey, I'm confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. There is a fellowship there. And so could I ask you tonight, what do you and what do we, what are we doing as far as being in fellowship with one another? You say, well, Brother Nathan, I'm just going to be honest with you tonight. I work well with others is not in my resume. I just... Honestly, I, I don't work well with others. I'd prefer to work alone. Well, could I remind you tonight that uh, that's no longer the case if you're a Christian. Because the Bible further explains that, hey, let this mind be in you. In, in chapter 2 there, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Hey, Jesus was one who unifies. He doesn't separate us. He brings us together under one common bond, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have fellowship in the gospel. Well, okay, what is the gospel, Brother Nathan? I think we all understand what the gospel is. It means good news. That's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we are all unified in Christ. We have a fellowship one with another, and that's how it should be in the church and I'm glad tonight that I'm preaching to a church that is in fellowship. I'm glad I'm preaching to a church tonight that is in one accord. I think it'd be a little harder to preach a message like that if we weren't. But I'm thankful and I give God the praise that we can be a church that is unified, that is in fellowship for the gospel's sake. I was in Bible college and uh, I was uh, going out soul winning with my friend Brett. And we grew up in the, the same uh, youth group and Brett was out there and, and, uh, at Golden State. And so we were going out soul winning one Saturday. And I remember specifically uh, walking up to this door. And uh, this man came to the door and, and I'll just, uh, I guess the best way to describe it is he was giving off some hippie vibes, okay? He was kind of, kind of hippie, all right? And that, that's his personality. He just kind of came to the door and said, hey, how you doing? And we're like, hey, you're doing great. We're just out from the church. We want to invite you to church. And do you have a church you go to? After I asked that, he said, hey, would you come out back with me? I'll show you. I'm like, oh. I don't know about you, but that just makes me a little bit nervous. But as a college student, you know what I did? Okay. <laughs> so me and Brett, we're uh, walking on the side of the, the garage there, and there's a little gate. And uh, the yards in, in California, the properties there are, are very... Uh, small, they're very close together in that part of California, and uh, so he opened the gate, and we're going down this very narrow um, pathway to the back of his yard. There's a fence on this side and a garage on that side, and we're just going down. We're like, man, we're we're being led to our death right now. We're being led to our slaughter. That's what's going to happen, and and so we walked to the backyard, and it was amazing. I mean, vegetation, I don't know what kind of vegetation, we'll leave that up to your imagination, but vegetation was just so, so tall, it was so luscious and green, and I'm like, man, this is amazing, like, you really have a green thumb back here, and uh, the, the guy said, keep on, follow me, and, and so he even had, like, little paths marked out, and so we're, we're walking through this vegetation, and then we get to this little opening, and I see a little uh, place where you'd have a campfire, and I see a, a, a stump there that you would sit on, and and uh, he, he said, hey, uh, have you ever heard of Farmville? <laughs> so, well, um, isn't that like a game that was on Facebook or something? And, and I don't know what it is now. But uh, at the time, that was just on Facebook. And, and I said, I, I kind of. And he's like, well, welcome to my Farmville. <laughs> and I thought, this guy is off his rocker. I have no idea how we're going to get out of this situation. And uh, he said, and, and then he motioned over to, to the stump. And he said, this is where I have church. 
Well, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, all right, well, um, sir, ho- hope you have a good day. And, and on the back of there is, if I would, heaven, ha- you know, have a good day, you know, trying to get out of the situation because it wasn't going anywhere. And uh, so we, we left there, and I, I started to think, you know, uh, maybe not as eccentric as that individual, but how often do we think, man, I don't need church. Man, I can just, I can worship God on my own out in, out in God's creation. And the, the fact of the matter is, yes, you can. But God also tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And we ought to work together in fellowship in the gospel so that we can see something happen. What is the purpose of the church? Well, we have the method that's working together, being unified. As a matter of fact, um, one accord, one mind, one body, like-minded, unity, all of these phrases here are found repeated in Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I think the idea here is that we should work together as a church. We should be unified. We should have fellowship in the gospel. That's the method. That's how we do it. we got to get organized. But what for? Look with me at verse 11. The Bible says here at verse, in verse 11, "...being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto..." We repeated it when we read it, "...the furtherance of the gospel." What is the purpose as a Christian? What is the purpose as a church? It's for the furtherance of the gospel. How are we going to do that as a church? Fellowship in the gospel. If we're going to work together as a church, if we're going to be unified, we've got to be able to do that, get organized, so that we can accomplish the purpose of furthering the gospel. What does furtherance mean? It means a helping forward. It's promotion. It's advancement. And so that's our mission as the church. Could I ask you, what are you doing individually to help further, to help along, to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ? That is what we have to do as a church. We have to be unified. We have to advance and bring the message to those that have not heard. The, further, the furtherance of the gospel requires two things. Look at, uh, let's see here, verse 27 with me. The Bible says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye, here it is, stand fast in one spirit, talk about unity, all right, fellowship in the gospel, and with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. So you know what I see here? I see, number one, we we have the fellowship in the gospel. Number two, we have the furtherance of the gospel. And why do we do that furtherance of the gospel? What is our motivation? The motivation here is for the faith of the gospel. Why do we tell someone about Jesus? Very simply, so they can know about Jesus and get saved. That's the purpose That's the goal as a church. So let's work together, unified in one uh, method here, in one accord, so that we can further the gospel for the faith of the gospel. We have those those, uh, uh, phrases here. It says, stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together. See, Brother Nathan, there's just a conflict there. We find a a conflict in Scripture. How does... 
working together and striving together makes sense. And often the word striving is fighting. So there's fighting together? I, I don't understand. Well, as we look at that word, it's, it's not as much as fighting one another, but it's fighting with one another. It is struggling along with. It is, it is working together for the faith of the gospel. Do you see the unity just weaved throughout this epistle? I mean, the Apostle Paul's getting the point across. Hey, church, I don't want you to split up. Church, I want you to be unified under the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that, that's important because we're not going to be able to accomplish Victory Baptist Church. We're not going to be able to accomplish the furtherance of the gospel if we don't work together on it. There's fellowship in the gospel. There's the furtherance of the gospel. And why do we do it? So that we can see faith in the gospel. What is faith? Faith is the firm belief of God's testimony and of the truth of the gospel, which influences the will and leads to an entire reliance on Christ for salvation. I like that definition. That's faith. That's throwing your whole self into the arms of Christ. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do know that, that I can trust you, so I'm just going to jump in. That's what faith is. It's a full reliance on Christ for salvation and for our daily lives. We have to understand that the furtherance... I, I, I kind of um, worked ahead here, but I want to uh, go back. I want to mention to you two things here. We have to understand that the furtherance of the church is performed by Jesus Christ. We saw that in verse 6. It says, He that hath begun a good work in you... He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So we don't have to worry about the church surviving. Why? Because Jesus is the one who's going to see us through. Jesus is the one who the Bible says in Matthew 16, 18, And I say unto thee thou, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So when we work together, when we strive together, when we help another along so that we can further the gospel, we don't have to worry about the church itself because Jesus said that he's going to take care of the church. But the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ is performed by us. So Jesus performs the preserving of the church and, and completing the work that he's begun in us. But yet we, God uses us to further the gospel and so we have the faith of the gospel. That's the motive. That's acceptance of what Jesus did for us. Could I ask you, is the reason you do the things that you do for right, the things that you do to help others, like going to church and the things that God wants us to do, why do we do it? And that's the motive. So why do we do what we do? And hopefully it's the big picture, hey, so that I can see more people come to know Jesus Christ. That's the goal. But I want to continue reading here after that faith of the gospel, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Look with me at verse 28. Verse 28 says this, And in nothing, terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, that's faith in the gospel, but also to, what? Suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which he saw in me, and now here to be in me. The Apostle Paul is reminding the church at Philippi, hey, we've got to stay together as a church. Fellowship in the gospel so that we can further the gospel. And the reason we're doing it is so, so that we can see faith in the gospel. 
But I want to tell you, it's not going to be easy. We think the hard thing is staying together, <laughs> staying unified. Man, sometimes we just let these little things like, what are we going to, uh, how are we going to change the carpet? Well, I believe we should probably change this blue carpet to pink carpet. That'll be great, you know, won't it? And then, and then we, all, we all get into the discussion. No, I believe it's supposed to be red and, and whatever else. And we let little things like carpet color get in the way of separating and fragmenting the church. And we think that's a big deal. We think that's the hardship. It ought to be easy, if we're having the mind of Christ, it ought to be easy for us as a church to stay together. Number two, it ought to be, the, the challenge is not necessarily just furthering the gospel. The challenge is not just going out and telling folks about what Jesus did for, for them on the cross. The challenge is, there's adversaries as well. And so let's not get caught up in the fellowship of the gospel. Let's not get caught up in, in uh, maybe the, the, the difficulty of just furthering the gospel. But let's understand that if we're going to do that, there is going to be some opposition. And that's why the Apostle Paul encourages them. Hey, uh, church, I just want to tell you, there are some adversaries. Don't be terrified. As a matter of fact, stay together. Get the mission accomplished. Keep the motive, the, uh, what it should be for the faith in the gospel but you are going to see some adversity. As a matter of fact, you believe in Christ, but you're also going to suffer for his sake. The Bible doesn't promise an adversity-free life to those who choose Christ. But the Bible does promise that we can have joy through the, adver uh, the adversities of life and the adversaries that come along the way. Could I encourage you tonight, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what difficulty lies in your way of being a witness and being able to get the gospel out to those that you know. But we can have joy through the trials, and we can have joy through the adversities. The Apostle Paul tells us that as he's a prisoner. But how do we do it? And this is the main message tonight, and we'll be done. But how do we do it? How can we remain in fellowship and further the gospel? How can we stay in one accord get the job done of what we're supposed to do as a Christian, endure the hardships and the adversities and the adversaries that come, how are we going to do it? We get to chapter 2. Would you look with me in verse number 1? If there be therefore any consolation or comfort in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, that's compassion, fulfill ye my joy... That she be like-minded. Here it is. The Apostle Paul reminded us, hey, let's continue to have that same mind, everybody. The mind of Christ, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. First of all, could I say, according to the scriptures we've read tonight, we've already talked about it, so we won't belabor the point, but number one, we have to be whole. We have to be unified. Christ is the one who makes one whole. We see that as his earthly ministry was healing the lame and the deaf and the blind and those that had leprosy and those that had an ailment. Jesus makes people whole. Jesus makes the sinner whole. And I'm glad that uh, he filled that hole in my heart. But Jesus also unifies believers. The Bible gives the example as the church being the body of Christ. We all have a part. What is your part? 
You know, it takes two feet to walk, but it does take eyes to be able to see where you're going. And it's all working together. The Apostle Paul here, he's saying, hey, let's be whole. Let's be one. Number two, we find starting in verse number three, let's be humble. Who was our example? Jesus Christ. As we continue reading there, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, verse five, verse six, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He had no reputation. He was a servant. He humbled himself. He was obedient. Christ was humble. So should we. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Number three, I find in verse 15, how can we get the job done? How can we stay unified and further the gospel? Number three, we have to be harmless. What does that mean, Brother Nathan? Well, let's just read the verse here, verse 15. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. So what is harmless? I often thought, well, harmless is, you know, weak. Oh, he couldn't hurt a fly. Is that what harmless is? Well, that might be one definition, but the definition that we find here is something different. It goes along with that word that's next to it, blameless. Because harmless here in Scripture means pure, innocent. So it's not someone who doesn't cause harm to someone else, but it's rather what causes harm to yourself, to your reputation. The Bible says, hey, as a Christian, we've got to make sure if we're going to stay unified, if we're going to get the furtherance of the gospel and we're going to see the gospel go forward, I just want to let you know that let's not be spotted by the world. We've got to be harmless. We've got to make sure that we're pure. We've got to make sure that we're innocent because the contrast is that we live in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. And so what we have to do as a Christian is say, hey, we're going to shut out the world. We're not going to let the world have an effect and influence on us because if we're going to let the world spot us, then it's not only spotting our testimony and our reputation, but it's spotting the reputation of Christ. So as a church, as a light in this community, and as a light, the Bible says we ought to be lights of the gospel. And in uh, verse 15, it says, shine as lights in the world. How are we going to do that? Well, we do that by being pure. We do that by being innocent without harm to our account. Matthew ten sixteen says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's the same word. The very same word, uh, word uh, there in the Greek is, is found there as it is found in verse 15 of Philippians 2. It means to be pure. It doesn't mean that, that uh, we, we don't have to have a backbone. The Bible says we ought to have a backbone. We ought to be strong. We ought to be courageous. And at the same time, we ought to be pure. We've got to be perceptive, wise as serpents, but harmless, pure as doves. The last thing here is found in verse 16. Would you read it or follow along with me as I read? The Bible says, Philippians 2, verse 16 holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. 
that phrase, holding forth the word of life. Could I encourage you tonight, if, if we're going to stay together as a church, well, we've got to make sure we're whole. We've got to make sure we're humble. We've got to make sure we're harmless. But then, lastly, let's behold the word of God. When we put the word of God and let it do its work in our lives, when we keep this book before us, the Bible says we can shine as lights. Among whom you shine as lights in this world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Keep the Bible before you. Psalm 119, 105 says this, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. Therefore shall you lay up these words in your heart, these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them. Get this here, and I'll, I may repeat it. It says, And bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. What is God telling his people to do? He says, Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. What are frontlets? Looking in Jewish uh, culture there and, and customs, frontlets or phylacteries were strips of parchment that they, uh, and it would be a band of leather or something that, that they would literally, they would bind to their, their hand or they would put as a headband and they'd put it on, uh, on their head. And what was that? that? That was scripture rolled up and it was placed on their head, literally so that they had the, the word of God before them. Isn't that amazing? Now, uh, the, the, the Jewish people there, they'd have four different uh, scriptures, Exodus 13, 2 through 10, Exodus 13, 11 through 17, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and Deuteronomy 6, 13 through 23. They would have those scriptures specifically. They'd roll it up, and they would place it on their hand or on their forehead. That was a frontlet. That was phylactery. That was, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what God told me to do, and I'm literally going to have the word of God between my eyes. I'm literally going to have the word of God before me. And I'm not saying that we have to do that, uh, Christians, but yet, may I say this, we ought to have the Word of God before us every day. When was the last time that you opened the Word of God and read it for yourself? When was the last time that, that you talked to the Lord and, and, and you recited some scripture that you have hid in your heart? Could I say, that's how we can stay unified, that's how we can stay together, and not only for our sake, but so that we can shine forth holding forth the, the word of life so that we can be lights to this world. This world needs Jesus. This world is so dark. It's so perverse. This world needs Jesus, and, and who has it but we do, <laughs> the church of God. And so the challenge is so simple tonight. And as we look at Scripture, we have those, those phrases. It's fellowship in the gospel. It's the furtherance of the gospel. As Brother John prayed for the offering, that would be for the furtherance of the gospel. I like that. And then, the, for the faith of the gospel, how are we going to do it? Let's just stay unified. Let's be whole. Let's be harmless. Let's be humble. Let's behold the word of God. Could I ask you in closing tonight, what are, where are you in the fellowship of the gospel? Are you doing your part that God has called you to do in the local church, working together for the cause of forwarding the gospel? What are you doing to help forward the gospel? And why are you doing it? I hope it's not for... Your own glory. Hey, look at me. Look what I'm doing. But I hope it's for the faith in the gospel. A simple thought tonight, but let's do our part. Let's do our part so that we can see God magnified, glorified. We can see this community, Roanoke Rapids, surrounding towns around the world as we support our missionaries. 
Let's make sure that we do our part in the Great Commission, furthering the gospel. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.